mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. episode 57. I'm Tracy Prophet. I'm Ruth Urquiaga. And I'm Jay Prophet. And we are real excited about this episode this morning. We It is um, December 20-something. No, Tracy. It's the new year. It's Well, I'm just saying to you that we are okay, yeah. recording it in December, but we're going to release this one in the beginning of the new year. And this is kind of like our- It's the 23rd, in case you'll- Yeah, year-end, year-start episode. Um, we are going to kind of reflect back on 2019 a little bit and look forward to 2020. And shout out to Hillary. Kreisberg, who in a global math department webinar thingy that I listened to. That sounds very to. official. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the director of the global math department. Yeah. Um, she, she shared at the end of her webinar getting people to reflect what is something that they want to start doing, what is something that they want to stop doing, and what is something that they want to keep the same. So we're playing off of that. And we um, are going to each share something we want to do more of in 2020 something we want to do less of in 2020 and something we want to keep the same in we 2020. We should call it – we want to be greater than, less than, or equal to. Oh, that's pretty cool, JJ. I like that. Yep. Okay. There you go. You got the title already. There we go. <laughs> All right. Probably not that so, one. So I think Jay said he was going to go first, oh, did right? I? Yeah. So we're starting with which one? Oh, more. Yelling. Sorry, guys. We're starting with more. more. So we're going to share some things we want to do more of in okay. 2020. You go. My more is I want to um, have more guests. Ooh, okay. Because we, you know, I'm not saying we're not trying, but it just seemed like we had a we had a good run of guests come on the show, whether they were here with us or we, you know, you know, called them. Um, and we, you know, we've got some, we've had some great guests. I don't yeah. want to downplay the guests we've had. We have some awesome. guests lined up for the new year. Yep. And um, that's great too. But I just want to keep that going, and I want to build. I want to have more guests. Um, yeah, I just I really enjoy bringing in some people and hearing what they, you know. Uh, and I will say that a lot of our guests are people that you guys know going yeah. into it and know what they're about and know what they've, you know, kind of what their, their place in the math world or in the market of what, you know, what they're, what they're good at and what they've created or brought to people's knowledge. Um, but I don't know that on a, a lot of times. And so I try to brush up quickly to know who they are, but it's fun to kind of get to know somebody and to learn what they're good at and what, you know, how they got to how they got to this place and how they, um, you know, what, what, what they do and, and why they, and why they do it. Yeah. And so that's something I really enjoy. And, and then I also enjoy people I know having people I know come out to the, so all that is fun. And I want to keep that and I want to try to do more of that. So if you up. are listening. Exactly. This and is feel like call. you would like to be our guest, send us a message. Yeah. yeah. We don't bite. <laughs> that's right. Um, we, we've we've definitely toyed around with some ideas. We have some local people and some not local people. And yes, sometimes I'm like, we got to get up our nerve to ask person X, Y, Z. Yeah. And in the 2020, maybe we'll have- I think we just got to get that nerve up and ask. Yeah. Okay. Because what are they going to do? Say no. Say no. Yeah. And then, whoops. And we have had a couple people say no. Yeah. Um, just and that's for fine. Just for life's, you know, busyness. But 
Yeah. Okay. It's not like they're going to say no and then like roast us on Twitter or something. Yeah. Hopefully not. (laughs) No good nobodies asked me to be on their podcast. Losers. Losers. Math nerds. If they do that, that's just mean, guys. Don't do that. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a good one, Jay. Way to start us off strong there, friend. All right. Um, Ruth, you want to go next with with your more? Okay. So I simply said would like to have more Walt in 2020. Yep. Okay. So you have to explain. Right. So Walt is a student in my class who just sees life through a set of innocent, funny. He's just such a great kid. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about him is if you ask him a math question, he always rewords the question before he gives the answer. So if I say, Okay, so we're doing this. What's two times 25? He would say, well, two groups of 25, Mrs. E, is 50. (laughs) There's just never just an answer. He always rewords it. And how do I know that he hasn't caught a couple more students because they didn't even hear the question and Mm -hmm. Waltz said it for you. And sometimes you have students like that in your class that could – potentially get you off course. And sometimes I am so focused on the end game. Like we have to be able to answer this essential question. We have to meet this objective. I don't have time. And I don't acknowledge that there are just funny comments in class Mm -hmm. or just fun, like kids having fun in math class. Like, we all say that's what we want, but then when it happens, if it doesn't happen on our time, yeah, you know, and man, I am even guilty of, I create this lesson and then I get upset because it's funny and they won't stop laughing, <laughs> right? Like, that's totally- you did that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I did that to myself. I created this because I knew they would think it was funny. And then when they laughed at it, I'm like, okay, that's enough. So- I need more of Walt so that I can continue to enjoy the students that yeah. God has put in my class. Like mm-hmm. I, You get into teaching because you want to change someone's life. Well, I want them to be changed and think math is pretty cool Yeah. instead of, whew, that teacher was pretty grumpy. Yeah. That's good. More so, Walt. More like Walt. It. And more delighting in students for who they are as humans, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So my more is more reading. Um, I finished my grad school and I have a job that most days has less take-home work, I would say. Not every day, but a lot of days. Um, Come on. Have you brought your tub of papers home at all this year? No, I do carry the same like six books back and forth though in my bag (laughs) instead. It's not papers to grade, it's books. Um, But I don't want to fill, so I have filled some of my extra time with running because I'm training for a big race that I said for four years I want to do. But I don't want to fill the rest of my extra time with just scrolling Facebook. I want to, or Twitter or whatever, I'd want to fill it with learning more things. Um, And you got to read something other than the Twitters to actually do that. I mean, you can learn a lot there, but, you know, I want to be a little more in depth. So um, 
I want to read certainly math books, right? I have my my um, family gave me three of them for graduation right. recently, um, and so I certainly want to read those. I got I have routines for reasoning. I've started that one and the open middle book. Did you know I got that? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you want to borrow it soon? <laughs> and um, she hasn't read it yet. Yeah, and then. I think a Kathy. Although you Posno probably know everything that's in it. One. No, I do not. That okay. is not true. Um, so anyway, I want to read more of that. But I also am um, going to try to read other stuff too. So I was at. Wait a, for it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I can't even believe I'm going to admit this. So I was at um, our recent ugly sweater run with our best, our running besties, and we were sitting at. Um, Starbucks and they one of my friends who was an English professor who's just as jazzed up about English as I am about math was like, hey, you guys want to join my Jane Eyre book club? And I started like gagging and rolling my eyes pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) And two other girls at the table like, yes, that sounds so fun. When is it? And I'm still gagging and rolling my eyes. And they yeah. And they catch me and they're like, what? Come on, you should do it. You would love it. Why not? Have you ever read it? You know, giving me a hard time. And first of all, I was like at the girl across the table, like, why aren't you giving Sarah a hard time? Why are you picking on me? But Sarah's mathy too, isn't she? She is. She's like a bookkeeper yeah, for somewhere fancy. Yeah. Um, so. Mathy. She, is that an adjective? It is now. Yeah. Um, Anyway, somehow they talked me into it, and they even talked me into or pressured me into it because when I got home that day, there was a copy of. No, no, no. When I got home that day, yeah, I see a copy of Jane Eyre leaned against the door, and I'm like, "What the heck?" Yeah, because I haven't heard the story, yeah. and I'm like, "Do I pick it up? Is this like a bomb? Is somebody trying to bug my house <laughs> Jane with Eyre Jane bomb. Eyre?" So I like kick it to the side with my foot because <laughs> I, I didn't know what it was. And I thought, this is so creepy. Who left this book yeah. on there? And it's like a 1980s cover. Very... Oh, it's a, it's a terrible yeah. cover. It, yeah. It's bad. Yeah. And anyway, I went and picked it up and I was like looking through it to make sure there wasn't like something in it. Yeah. Or so anyway. half expecting like anthrax to pop out at me OMG. or something. OMG. <laughs> Drama much. So anyway. You didn't see it. So she talked me into it or, or at least like was, you should give it a try. So the other night I sat down to read the first chapter and I literally had to reread every paragraph like three or four times to even have some idea of what was going on. And I was feeling very much like inadequate because I don't no vocabulary that was like in a G in the GRE and SAT. I feel like every other word was a word I didn't know. Anyway, I decided after the, I know, pull myself back together. After the first chapter, I was like, you know what? This is how people feel about math. People feel like intimidated and incompetent when it comes to math. And I feel that same way about reading literature other than math books or young adult novels, which is all I ever read. (laughs) So I decided I'm going to put on my big girl pants and I'm going to have a growth mindset about this. And I'm going to read the thing, even even if it might take me till March, (laughs) I'm going to read the book. So I was telling Ruth about it and she was, you know, I was secretly saying, please don't ask me to join the club. No, I'm not going to ask ask you. Nope. Nope. (laughs) So I'm going to try. Jay was like, why the heck are you going to read it? But I explained that my, um, you know, I want to have a growth mindset and demonstrate that I can do things that I think are hard. And also, I just think, you know, joining in with something that my friends think is cool shows is a good way to be a friend, a good yeah. friend. I don't know. 
So that's my more reading. That was a long-winded answer, but... Well, I don't think you need to be too ashamed about not knowing words in yeah. this book. Yeah. Because it's a book that we found out this morning was written in like 1847 mm -hmm. about a story that took place, you know, 50 years before that. Yeah. People used all different words. Yeah. It's like, you know, cracking open um, the the Constitution or mm -hmm. the King James Bible. And, <laughs> and there's always words in there you don't know what they mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, true. And don't 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 sweat it. Uh, yeah, I I just do th like read, and I'm like, oh, I remember studying that one, but I got no idea what that word means. You know, getting ready for the GRE. Okay, that's my more. Let's move on to less. What less. would who wants to go first? What would you like to do less of in 2020? Well, my less. Okay. I want less multiplying divine decimals. Dead on it. <laughs> yes, preach. <laughs> now I know that that is something as that does is every sixth grader. Su yeah. <laughs> yeah, supremely important in knowing their math and being able to move on. Um, and it's kind of a joke answer as well because I know it's it's something that a lot of people struggle with, not only learning but how to teach and understanding. And I get it. I still, well, now I think I got it, but I I I do think you know the whole understanding. I'm one that. This whole podcast has been, you know, I learned this stuff in school and I was great at math, but I didn't learn the background and why, yeah. why things work. Right. And so that has been interesting. And, and, and I don't think it's worthless, um, but I think we got that one covered. I think we do too. Yeah. And, and thankfully Ruth's is moving on. You've taken the exam and you're moving on to other things. Greener right. pastures. Yep. Which leads right into my less. Yep. Because I have more objectives than I have ever had in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. Because we're doing this um, objective revision. So all of our standards are being revised and we're moving a lot of them down because we have changed the way we teach. And so it feels like since students are coming with more understanding, they should be able to handle more objectives. And so I've had on my plate... Um, like six new things that I've never taught Oof. be added, but this is the first group of students to get them. So I also have to teach what we took off of my plate and moved down to fifth grade because they didn't have it last year in fifth yeah. grade. And so there's this like, oh, how do I cover it all? Yeah. And so on our run, we were talking about what I needed to do less of and there has to come a time where you pick what's important mm -hmm. as far as your objectives are. And so I'm going to say that I'm going to have less of Aunt Sally because I have this doll in my closet that has been there since I first started teaching order of operations. And she kind of stands in the back of the room as a reminder. Um, I don't even use please excuse my dear Aunt Sally, but mm -hmm. I have to explain that that's where she came from yeah. because the kids just get such a big kick out of her. And it's a joke that if you don't do order of operations in the right order, Aunt Sally will come down off the table and walk over to your desk and remind you. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> it is creepy. And she is actually like a standing, I don't know, she's probably two feet tall. And she that used to creepy. walk. And what, she her, walks? She used to because she has a battery pack in the back of her. And the science teacher actually played with her when she oh, was little and she has this blonde hair but i've kind of taken her hair and stuck it up inside of this um gray wig oh wow and so she really <laughs> does look like aunt sally and she's just been in my closet for 12 years like yeah 
everybody knows her. In fact, the first group of kids to graduate that I had taught in sixth grade, I brought Aunt Sally to their graduation. Wow. <laughs> Just as a doll. So all wow. of that to say, these students have learned order of operations last year. They've been introduced to it as much as I would like to go back to the beginning and let them discover the need for a rule for order of operations. We don't have to do that. We yeah. are going to remind you what you learned last year and we got to move on because mm -hmm. I got to get to inequalities and scientific notation. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's okay to let things go that were really fun sometimes, but sometimes you have to discover new fun things. Spend right. Your time and on. It's, it's okay. I mean, sometimes you just have to teach it because – I'm going to give you direct instruction on this because you've had it already, and I'm going to save the discovery for something that's really new that you yeah. don't know. Yeah. Because let's be honest. When you are trying to teach a discovery lesson to a class where more than half of them already know it, if you're not really discovering it. No. No. Because they're just saying, oh, I know. Groupings come first. Yeah. Yeah. And those are just the professional decisions that you have to make. You have to, what, you have to f decide what you're going to emphasize. And what you're going to downplay. And yeah, that's okay. I used to be like, get real, you know, worked up about that. But you just can't teach everything to the same level. You have to think through what's most important for them. Right. So my less is sort of like a question. My less is less intimidating people. <laughs> um, I, I do know that I've come into this job of coaching being like, I've learned so much over the last few years and I read so much and I, you know, know a better way to do it. And I and I worry that that comes off to people and that they are like afraid to let me help them because I'm just going to be like, eh, that's wrong. You should do it this way. I can feel sometimes that tension of like, yikes, don't come in my classroom because you're going to find something wrong. And it's not that I find myself like immediately pointing out things that are wrong, but I, you know, I don't know. I just worry about the. So my first recommendation would be that you not use your Jane Eyre vocabulary that you are learning <laughs> when you go and talk to them. Okay. All right. Um, but on the real side. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, what are I mean? Like, what do I what do I do to show people that? Well, I can tell you one of the things I try to do, which is say often, I made this mistake too. Like, I used to do X Y Z. I used to have a list of keywords on the board um, that to for for uh, word problems, you know. Or I used to teach move the decimal over three times, you know. Like, I've made all those mistakes before, before I knew better. So I mm -hmm. try to frame things that way, but I feel like people are still like, meh, she's always in here. Okay, so when I just what. listen to you say that, maybe you need to not call it a mistake. Because let's be honest, scientific notation, when you multiply by 10 to the third power, mm -hmm. Move the decimal over three times. That's what doesn't still... have to be a mistake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, so, what do you call it? 
Well, you're really shifting the place value. No, 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 no. If you don't call it a mistake, what do you call it? Like, that's where I was going. Like, we can <laughs> we can figure out how you can say that. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Don't use the word mistake because that's kind of a judgy word. But I was, I was thinking, you know, I, I agree. I think that's a good way to put it. But trying to figure out how to say it without also being, not patronizing, but like, you know, because, you know, if there's something somebody doesn't know because they've just never been, um, you know, you've never had that experience. You've never, you know. Like been exposed to it. Been exposed to it. The word for that is naive. Well, that doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that still sounds like a neg. Oh, well, it's, you know, he's naive. He doesn't know. That's that doesn't make me feel any better if you so call me naive. What if it was like, hey, listen, you're teaching scientific notation, and you might have a student who's already been taught it. Do you know what else they might say? Do you know how else they could have been taught it other than move the decimal? Um. I know you don't teach, you don't have teachers who teach scientific notation. So maybe that's not a a good example, but let, like, let's think of something else that we, oh, well, the keyword, I mean, the keyword keyword is one that I'm trying to very gently encourage people not to use. And it's not just the word keyword, but the meaning behind what keywords are in a, in a word problem. Yeah. Like you, you don't want to say whenever you see in all that's, that's an addition problem right. because sometimes it's not. You, yeah. There's because you, you used the word keywords um, two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point you really were looking f- for keywords to help you understand something, but not the same concept as the right. keywords you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Like this black and white anchor chart that says anytime it says left or eight or took away or whatever, those are subtraction and in all, all together, those are addition groups, you know. Like, that's the keyword thing that I'm trying to help people avoid. Um, but that gets people, like, the, you know, that just gets people all in a tizzy when they really think that it's the way to go, you know? So I'm thinking back to when I had that professional development, when I was in a place, um, I'm just going to say it, when I was in a public school mm-hmm. and there was a coach who would come in and she would... I never felt intimidated by her. I always felt like, wow, she has so much to offer. So first of all, don't be so hard on yourself because I feel like the teachers that you're helping the most are the teachers who are just new, you Mm -hmm. know, like they only have a couple years of experience or solid teachers who have never had access to a person like you. But I just remember like, this is so good. Yeah. I love when she comes into the building. And so don't be so hard on yourself. But also she always had something to give to us. Mm -hmm. So I knew that behind, no, like behind the scenes, she had done all of this prep work with us in mind. So she would come and she had cut out geo strips and used a hole punch and punched the ends of them. And she gave each of us a class set of poster board or cardstock geo strips, which there was no way for her to do that other than just cut and punch and cut and punch. And every teacher that came got to take those back to their classroom. And I remember learning 
the difference between a parallelogram and a square and a rectangle and seeing it because she had taken the time to provide something for me. So I'm I know not the difference between you, a square and a rectangle. You do. <laughs> I do. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I think I think you don't need to be so hard on yourself, but you you make sure that they know the work that you're putting into this is for them. Yeah. Like you're really just trying to be helpful. And I think if you frame frame new, like things that you want to correct, and I said that with air quotes mm-hmm. because you don't want to say I'm correcting you, but if you approach it as, you know, students are if stu- if students and usually there's some students struggling getting it the way that they're doing, say, hey, this is another way that you may try to, for the students that aren't understanding teaching it this way, yeah, and provide it as a tool that will help them in their class instead of correct them saying something wrong. And, and bring it that way and like you know and and you can explain why this this new way of wording it or saying it or presenting it or whatever it is um, how it is a, a more sound mathematical approach or or reasoning behind the, the the mathematics and and you know present it as, as something that, that they can reach more students or the students that aren't getting it the current way um, that this may be effective. I think both of those are really good pieces of advice. I'm thinking about the times when I have brought something to a PLC or to a planning meeting. Like sometimes it is a physical thing and people are like, ooh, wow, thank you. You know, that that really does um, – what? And write it down on a big strip, punch a hole in it and hand it to them. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that really has – I can think of particular instances where that was received well. So that's good advice and I can keep thinking about that. Um and then you said, oh, like, I can also think about one time the a teacher was like, I, they just can't get word problems. And that's how I said, well, maybe we should try this. And we did um, numberless word problems. And that was well received from her, too. Like, those are good ideas. The, if this isn't working, maybe try this. And I was just thinking about a student who reads a word problem and knows the answer. Boom. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you have those students. Yeah. And then you say to that student, how did you know what you were going to do? Well, it says how many in all. Like they would fall back to that keyword, whether someone's ever told them right. that that's a keyword or not. That just feels natural. And you yeah. wouldn't have a conversation with a student. Well, you didn't know it was adding because it said how many in all. You knew it was adding because, you know, it's mm-hmm. – so there is a place for that, sure. right? So we're not going to say that it's – a mistake. You just have to know that there is something else out there and that's not the end all be all right to solving word problems. Right. Yeah. All right, y'all. Less intimidating in 2020. Thank you. Boom. Those are good some good strategies. I appreciate that. All right, now we're working on stay the same. What would you like to keep the same in 2020? You've gone first every time. Do you want to go first again? Oh, JJ? yes. <clears throat> I think we need to stay the same and stay the same. I mean, um, I don't want to dump it or add more to it, but, but maybe strengthen it and, and, and better define it. Does that make sense? Um, maybe keep talking and then I'll understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, my stay the same is the, the formula that we have kind of built for this, oh. for this podcast, Okay, you know, where we have two subject matter experts that are going over what's going on the day and that, you know, I try to jump in when I don't understand something mm-hmm. or to bring a um, – the viewpoint of 
not a math nerd. Yep. Um, <laughs> or just, you know, other, you know, real life examples that math nerds don't necessarily know about. Yeah. Um, and I just like, the, I just like the, the formula that has, that has kind of come along. And I think that that's something to keep and to maybe refine some, you know, some days, some days I just can't hang it, hang in there with you two. And I fade out because I got no idea what yeah. you're talking about. And other days you're, you're Googling the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. And other sometimes days you you're gotta, like. Sometimes you just got to, you got to be prepared when people ask you questions. Yeah. Other days you're editing the podcast and you come upstairs and you're like, I'm so funny. <laughs> See, There's that too. That's what I want to make more of. Yeah. I, I guess oh, I want to keep that. Turn, it, turn yeah. it more into the J no, no, comedy no, no, no. hour. Cause I, you know, there's, there's times where I don't need to talk so much. Um, but I like usually I like when the he's formula. so funny, it's at my expense. Yeah, let's just say yeah, that. Yeah, that's really? true. If I had more pop culture knowledge, you wouldn't be as funny. <laughs> See, I don't think I'm bragging on you as much as Tracy does. <laughs> I, I think, just give you permission. <laughs> yeah, I anyway, I think we got a good formula, and yeah. I enjoy I enjoy it, and um, I think I think that that's something to keep the same and to maybe refine or. or it makes Make me think better. back to the first couple of episodes when you it was were, not even at the table. I was like yeah, across I the basement. You're sitting over there, and and you would like kind of laugh out loud or try to say something. We couldn't really hear you, and then we we're like, okay, we can let Jay at the table. Uh, <laughs> we can be on the podcast. Yeah, and and I'm really thankful we did because you scooting closer and closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad you joined us. Why Jay? is he listening to us? Yeah. Um, on that note, do you want to share your your what you've prepared or you want to save it for your takeaway well it's up to you let's do you want to do it now or sure well you totally stole my same so i need time to think about what my same is going to be so you go ahead and share hey guys this is jay real quick uh before we get into this next section i just wanted to say that while i was editing this week i realized that i say the wrong thing over and over and i didn't realize it uh, during the recording um many times i talk about uh, a song hitting the hot 100 and I meant to be saying make it to number one on the hot 100 not just simply hit the hot 100 list but make it to number one so every time you hear me say hit the hot 100 you should just think made it to number one on the hot 100 so keep that in mind I'll let you get right back to the episode thanks a lot well this week's this week on Large Numbers with Jay, which I was not going to do a Large Numbers with Jay this week because it's kind of our end of the year episode and it was like well, a, a special version. But you got some I saw, this, keep I saw this this week and then Ruth reminded me this morning. Um, and it's, not, it's kind of a little different large numbers because there are some numbers, but more of the concept. Anyway, the song All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey um, this week hit the Billboard magazine or whatever, Billboard Hot 100. And... It's the first time it hit the Hot 100, and the song is 25 years old. It was released in 1994, which I'm not going to say what I was doing in 1994 when the song was released, but let's say I was didn't have a job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so this song has been... You were probably learning to multiply and divide just for us. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was good, was that. No, maybe not. Nope. Maybe probably not. Probably not. Anyway, right around that I was probably, time. I was probably yeah, relearning it. Um, so this song has, was released in 1994. It took it 25 years to hit the Hot 100, which is the longest any song has taken to hit the Hot 100. Like, no song has has hit it for the first time 25 years after it was released. Okay. And I l- was reading an article on Slate that was from the 20th, so from December 20th or, or this past Friday. Okay. Um, and it – they look at three different metrics when they are 
you know, putting songs on this chart, the number of streams, the number of um, uh, sales or downloads, and then airplay, how much it's on the radio. And it was the number one in streams with 45, I think, 45 million plays in the in the past week. So I guess the week leading up to this, um, it had 27,000 dollar downloads which it doesn't say $27,000 in downloads but I guess most song downloads are at a dollar so 27,000 downloads which maybe doesn't sound like a lot I mean 27,000 is not a, a ton of downloads but that's not the way the 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 music industry works for it. there's not a lot of downloading going on it's mostly mm-hmm. streams and the fact that it has already d- been downloaded basically purchased 3.6 million times over its lifetime. <laughs> there's not that, that many people. There's still that many people that are buying it and downloading yeah. it. Um, what it didn't top was airplay, like time on the radio. It was 27th. But still, this is not, you know, they're not looking at Christmas holiday radio stations. They're looking at radio stations in general. And for a Christmas song to be 27th among all the current chart toppers that are on the radio, I mean, re- regular radio stations don't stop and play Christmas music. They keep going with the other stuff. So I think it was pretty interesting that this song is still is still making it that big. It's still, you know, it is it has come and there is and and I'm not gonna go into the detail about this, but there's a, a video on YouTube YouTube that we'll link to that um explains why this song, unlike any of the other or many other modern holiday Christmas songs are it, why it does so good. And, you know, as a music student, I thought it was super interesting about the structure of the song and how they built the song and how they built the, the melody and, and the the different chord structure and, and, and the the verse chorus. All that stuff is, is super interesting. Um, and why it, you know, songs since like the 50s and 60s, Christmas songs have not been super popular. You hear them, and there's and there's definitely popular Christmas modern songs out there, but they haven't stuck with us like, you know, the the songs from then. So we'll put that link in there. That's that's super interesting about the, um, you know, why why it has stuck around, but then the numbers of, of you know, being this this chart topper twenty five years later and it has that that staying power, and it seems to be getting more and more popular. Yeah, there was um, Jimmy Fallon made a joke the other night on his show about. So, I guess when it first hit the Hot 100 and people were, you know, something, 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 and the news says this, and he was like, yeah, every cashier at Walmart and, and Target could have told you that because they just play it, like, all the yeah. time in stores on the, on the radio. <laughs> That's funny. Well, thanks for that um, hot – no, not hot numbers. Large numbers, <laughs> Jay. <laughs> they can be hot numbers, too. Yeah, hot numbers. I love it. All right, Ruth, did you think of a new one? I didn't think of a new one. I was trying to go with my little theme of more Walt well, and less Aunt go Sally. With it. Explain it. Yeah. Go. So just more, or the keep the same, of Jay and Tracy. This is just like the highlight of Aww. my week to come down here and rehash out what we've already hashed out on a run <laughs> yeah. and then have Jay's comments because he's not with us on the run, which yeah. you right. could totally have that be your more and you could join us on the run. Now, how about you just, you know, carry your phone and call me? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, this has to stay the same. And in all fairness, I would just like something to stay the same because 
2019 has brought a whole lot of changes. Yeah. My son is getting married to someone who's in the Air Force and he's moving away and we have a new house. So this has just been like the consistent thing that's yeah. stayed the same in 2019. And so I kind of just like it to stay the same in 2020. I, I think that that is one of your strengths. And I and I told you this a couple weeks ago that you are consistent. Like I've never run with somebody who – Every pretty much every day I can count on that you're going to be there. We text each other at four, you know, whatever time it is, four thirty. What is it? Four thirty-four. I don't know. It's like, hey, I'm up. I'm up too. Okay, great. Like that is a huge gift that you are there every Except day. Except for run. when I fell down the stairs. Yeah, but you know, but that was only things. like a week or two. And I was yeah. sick and you were one back week. At it. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, well, there's the, holidays. The and one stuff. time we've canceled recently, I think it was my fault, or because it was like rainy and nasty and really cold. And but you, I was secretly hoping you were going to cancel. Yeah. I think you were both sitting there going, "Man, I hope she cancels first. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you uh, like that consistency of the running, and then just like being there to talk about math and. So how long have you guys been running together? I I have I mean I've been there for it all, but I don't remember. Two years, probably more, right? I don't know. Well, it was when you wrote your – because you used to write a blog. Yeah. And at the end of one of the years, you wrote a blog about this new set of friends that you made in the No Pressure Running Group. Yeah. And after that year, when you wrote that blog, you were like, you should come. Yeah. And so we would run on Wednesdays Mm -hmm. with that particular group. It was that one run. And I was still coming from – was I coming from Forest? Probably not. Probably, probably not. So Harrison Street is where I was coming from, and we moved oh, there yeah, in June of Street. 16. Yeah. Um, so I think it's been two years, probably. Yeah. And then what would ha- what happened is that we would end up, like, getting together and just talking about math and, like, not really talking to any other people because <laughs> they didn't really want to talk about math. And so we're like, why are we Imagine. meeting up to just talk together? Let's just keep this easy. And yeah, so the consistency has been great for me. Thank yeah. you for being a consistent friend that all is, around. That's a good thing. And it is funny that still, like even yesterday, my son will come and get in bed with me in the morning when you're gone and go, where's mommy? I'm like, buddy, what is, do you not know where she is? For two years, where three is years Every now? morning when yeah. she's not in bed. Where is she, bud? Oh, is she on a run? Yes. <laughs> like the same last 600 times The you same asked. question all of the time. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good one. Consistency. So what are you keeping the same? Yeah. I have to look it up. I forgot already. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, yeah. Mine's not nearly as exciting as yours. Mine is just... The... Do you just want to skip it? No, I'm not going to skip it. <laughs> that would be like... Yeah, no. Um, mine is unpacking standards. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> Ooh, <yeah>. Take <laughs> notes on this, guys. Buckle um, up. But I have... You know, felt this sort of maybe tug of war kind of thing in PLCs of trying to trying to meet what I think people want to do in their PLC group, professional learning community, if that's that language you use, where you get together with your 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 grade level and, and plan and look at data and unpack standards and all that. And, you know, I feel like people want to leave the PLC with plans. You know, like I want to know what I'm going to do to teach multiplication next week, but I keep Going back to we cannot jump into that until we have unpacked the standards, understand the math, and understand to what level you your kids have to know it and how they're going to demonstrate that they know it. And with so many new teams in my building, I, we just can't skip that step. And I feel like I've made a little 
you know, sometimes you're like grumpy because we have to do that step first, but I am committed to that that's the right first step. Um, and I've tried it a bunch of different ways. I've tried it some ways that didn't really work and some way and the most recent way that I've tried what that unpacking the standard part looks like actually has gone well, I think. Um, and that is that I've printed out the the material like from our curriculum framework that has the teacher understanding the standard on the left side and then exactly what the students have to do on the right side. And I've asked them to just silently read it to themselves and then annotate it. And I've kind of came up with these randomly, but I think they're still pretty relevant. Like they're going to put an exclamation point on something that they learned. They're going to write a question mark where they have a question still. They're going to use a square to tell a manipulative that they have, an, like an idea of a manipulative they could use for that particular thing. They're going to use a like a cloud to say, I have a real life example or context for it. And then a smiley face for, oh, this is hard. This is a challenge. Let's go ahead and plan for this. At first I had like a straight face, you know, like anyway. And then I was like, no, let's change it to a smile. Let's make let's it positive. Positive, yeah. And – the last couple times I've done that, it's made people slow down and read it, and it actually prompted our discussion really well. I would say then I after we had like – it actually took us seven minutes, but this was a huge one that we had to read with multiplication and division. And I asked everybody to just share something that you annotated, and that got some good questions out there, and it got some good conversations, and it informed our – the next step of – trying to plan it a little bit. So I think I'm going to keep that the same. I'm going to keep that formula of printing it, having quiet thinking time in the same way you would in your classroom, annotating it, which is a strategy that our building is talking a lot about in reading, um, and then using that as the jumping off point of our discussions. Anybody got any comments on that? I think that's good stuff. Yeah. And I think the fact that you're printing it and you're not holding them accountable for bringing it yeah. is a little bit of what we were talking about before. Like you are really in this for them and you're mm -hmm. not trying to catch them not being prepared. Yeah. You know, it's really just about helping them. Yeah. I've thought about like if I was thinking ahead enough, I could print it and give it to them Tuesday and say, we're going to talk about it Wednesday and they could do the thinking on their own, yeah, you know, you're giving me the eh face. Well, that means you're holding them accountable. And what if Tuesday is just crazy? Yeah. And they come in and they haven't read it. Well, yeah. then your discussion's not as good. Right. And it doesn't take long to read that for that standard. And it's yeah. not like there's a standard for every week of the year. That's true. You know? Sometimes you're in it for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's good to give them time right here. And sometimes it's just... That accountability of, I know when I go to PLC, Tracy's going to hold me accountable for reading this, mm -hmm. and I understand the benefit of it, but I probably wouldn't do this if I was at home on a Sunday night trying to crank out lesson plans because I want to get them done because I have kids that need me or, you know, just. Yeah. To me, I even articulated this to one group this week, like, I'm trying to model for you what planning should look like all the time. and. I'm guilty of not doing that plenty. Oh, um, yeah. But if we're going to plan together, we're going to start in the right place, not start five Sorry. steps ahead. All right. Good reflections, friends. Yeah. Right? Which means 
I don't know what my takeaway is because I feel like we've just had takeaways for the whole year. Yeah. Do you have a takeaway? I do. Oh, Oh. let's hear it. Of course you do. Let's hear it. Well, it's back to all I want for Christmas is you. Okay. All right. So I said that it is the, um, you know, hit the billboards hot 100 chart number one on on the hot 100 and it is technically the second only the second christmas song ever to make the number one spot okay any guesses on to what song what other song was the number one mike urkiaga would know he would (laughs) call him up real quick (laughs) put him on the podcast he's sleeping (laughs) um it's that one that people don't play anymore (laughs) <laughs> that one? No. Um, Baby is cold outside. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't like that song. Um, I have got. There's no that. way. There's it's... no way you're gonna get it. It's okay. it's so funny. Okay, go. it is Christmas. Don't be late by the Chipmunks. Oh. The only other song is by three imagine <laughs> imaginary singing animals. <laughs> Yuck. And and they and that was in the article. It says that you know it's arguably it's not because it's a Christmas song. It's because it was a fad. There were a lot. It was 1958. That's how long ago it was. The Christmas song made on the, on the top 100 or, or number one on the, on the Hot 100 chart, and it was a fad that year of all these like you know very. Um, novelty songs Annoying. like okay, I gotta purple down. people eater and the witch doctor and some other songs all came out that year and all were number one hits and it was it was because it was novelty not because it was a, a christmas song yeah you're gonna you're gonna impress um mike Urkiaga with what your... is the only other christmas song that's right. ever made the top 100 number, number no number one on the on the billboards hot 100 list i mean other songs have made it in the 100 but haven't made it to number one and mariah carey's made it there yeah, that's last week. Okay. All I want for Christmas is you. You're just full of amazing knowledge. That's right. not the adjective I was going to use, but know. you know. <laughs> know. My takeaway goes back to Walt. I I need I can look for opportunities to delight in students that I haven't delighted in um and and have a little more of that in my life. I'm going to take that. Thank you. You don't have to have one. It's okay. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, maybe that's just, maybe that's the same takeaway because I have, I've never said this on the podcast, but I have said it since I started teaching. And when I started teaching down the hall, there was a grumpy old teacher and she had just been in education for so long. Mm -hmm. And I remember silently saying to myself, if I am ever that grumpy, I want someone to say, get a new job. Mm -hmm. And some days I catch myself being grumpy for no other reason other than that joke is not funny because I've heard that joke for 12 years, you know? <laughs> and so I I just need to be more aware. So that's my takeaway too. And even just in life, like you can get so stressed out with so many things, but if you just take time to find the delight, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. All right. I, I don't think you're the grumpy teacher, Ruth, because I think you are you are still aware of it. I think you say that <laughs> you say that enough that you're not there yet, you know? Right. So, yep. All right, y'all. It's been fun. We want to hear, by the way, we want to hear what your thoughts are on what you want to do more of, less of, and keep the same in 2020. So we hope that you will um, 
post it on our Twitter. That's our favorite place to respond to people. You know what? That's also my really is my for real life like um, New Year's resolution is to do better at responding to people's comments on all the places. And and I'm going to tell you that Twitter is the easiest way to respond. So, but please, yeah, listen, share with your friends if they're into math or even if they're not. They may just like funny stuff from this episode because we want you to. Tell us if you would like to be a guest, and we want you to tell your friends that their New Year's resolution to be listen to Math Before Breakfast. <laughs> That's good. Yep. All right. Well, and tomorrow's Christmas Eve, so I think we should just meet to eat okay. instead of meet to run. Yeah, that's a pretty cool tradition that we've had for a lot of years that you and I spend Christmas Eve morning together. With our families. Yeah, I like that. And you're you're getting two years in a row at your house, which I'm totally okay with. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you tomorrow for some breakfast. All right. All right. Happy New Year.